Welcome to Small Business All Figured Out, a podcast collaboration to give you the right strategies, tips, and tools to achieve success in your small business. Small Business All Figured Out is co-hosted by Corinne Cole and Cheryl Cole. Welcome to episode 16 of Small Business All Figured Out. I'm Corinne, the Director and Partner of Platinum Accounting and Taxation, and I'm joined by my co-host Cheryl. Hi to everyone. I'm Cheryl, a partner of Platinum Accounting and Taxation, as well as the founder of The Number Ninjas Bookkeeping. Now, as almost everyone will know by now, the JobKeeper payment scheme was put in place by the Australian government to try and keep Australia from lapsing into an economic recession as a result of the whole COVID-19 global pandemic. And so far, it has certainly helped to mitigate a disastrous recession. But like many government initiatives, it just can't be sustained in its current format for the long term. And it was always intended to be a temporary solution. So JobKeeper was intended to finish up at the end of September on the 27th of September 2020. However, upon review, the government has now recognised that there is a need to extend the JobKeeper scheme. And therefore, they've introduced JobKeeper 2.0. And JobKeeper 2.0 and its set of new rules is exactly what we'll be covering in this episode. Thanks, Cheryl. So remember, if you like this episode and think someone else you know will get value out of it, please go ahead and share it. You can find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So Cheryl, let's start with defining what is JobKeeper 2.0. Okay, so JobKeeper 2.0, it's the second tranche or the extension of the original JobKeeper scheme. And it will be delivered in two phases. And we'll talk about more on that in a moment. But JobKeeper 2.0 starts from the 28th of September 2020 and ends on the 28th of March 2021. And what's really important to understand about JobKeeper 2.0 is that businesses and sole operators who need the support of JobKeeper will need to reassess their eligibility to continue to receive the support. So that means if that you've already been receiving payments under JobKeeper 1.0, you don't automatically qualify for JobKeeper 2.0. So that's very important to note. You will need to undertake a reassessment based on the basic criteria of the original JobKeeper scheme, as well as the new rules imposed under JobKeeper 2.0. Now, another important fact to note about JobKeeper 2.0 is that if you weren't eligible to receive payments under JobKeeper one, this doesn't exclude you being eligible for JobKeeper 2. So that's important. So just because you couldn't get JobKeeper 1.0 doesn't mean you can't access JobKeeper 2.0. JobKeeper 2.0 will run between the 28th of September 2020 to the 28th of March 2021. And it's actually going to be broken up into two eligibility periods. And each eligibility period is addressed separately. So what are the periods? The first is from the 28th of September 2020 to 3rd of January 2021. And the second period is from the 4th of January 2021 to the 28th of March 2021. And 
It's very possible that there might be businesses that qualified for the first round of JobKeeper that now will not qualify to receive payments for the first period of JobKeeper 2.0, which, as I mentioned before, was the 28th of September 2020 to the 3rd of January 2021. But they might qualify to receive payments for the second period, which is running from the 4th of January 2021 to the 28th of March 2021. So basically, your eligibility for the next two quarters will depend on whether you meet the basic eligibility tests and the decline in turnover test for the relevant periods. Okay, so what you're saying, Cheryl, is that a business may not have been eligible for the first round of JobKeeper, still didn't meet the decline in turnover test to receive payments between, say, the 28th of September to the 3rd of January, but could end up meeting the criteria to receive those payments in the last phase of JobKeeper being the 4th of January to the 28th of March. Yes, that's exactly right. And that leads us into explaining what the eligibility criteria is for your business to receive payments under the two parts of JobKeeper 2.0. So first of all, if you're not familiar with the basic eligibility criteria, that was for JobKeeper 1.0. We did cover this in one of our previous episodes back on the 17th of April. Um, that was when everyone was trying to get wrap their heads around this whole concept of JobKeeper. So if you do need a refresher, I recommend you do go back and have a listen to that. So as we know, to qualify for the first JobKeeper uh, from the 30th of March 2020 to the 27th of September 2020 under JobKeeper 1.0, your projected GST turnover for a relevant month or quarter needed to have fallen by at least 30% compared to the same period in 2019. And that was the basic declining turnover test. And there were, of course, some alternative tests. But to receive JobKeeper payments under 2.0 from the 28th of September 2020, you need to meet a decline in turnover test based on actual GST turnover for the relevant quarter. You can no longer enrol in JobKeeper 2.0 based on an estimate or a projection of turnover. And you also can no longer base eligibility on a monthly basis. It must be a decline in actual turnover for a quarter. And also, just to clarify, that GST turnover, that does not mean that you need to be actually registered for GST to qualify for JobKeeper 2.0. All it does is simply define what comprises turnover for the purposes of the test. So if you are to receive JobKeeper... Uh, 2.0, a payment for the period 28th of September 2020 to the 3rd of January 2021, your actual GST turnover in the September 2020 quarter, so that's July, August and September 2020, your turnover needs to have fallen by at least 30% compared to the same period in 2019, so that's July, August, September 2019. And likewise, if you are to receive the JobKeeper 2.0 payment for the next phase, being the 4th of January 2021 to the 28th of March 2021, again, your actual GST turnover in the December 2020 quarter, being October, November and December, it needs to have fallen by at least 30% compared to the same period in 2019, which is October, November, December 2019. 
So this is how the next two phases of JobKeeper are very different to the first tranche of JobKeeper 1.0. It's all based on actual GST turnover rather than any projections or estimates. And really, in my opinion, this makes testing um, your eligibility a lot easier because most businesses will generally use their business activity statement um, reporting to assess the eligibility. Yeah, that's right, Cheryl. So practically, though, business owners who have employees are going to need to get their July to September quarter figures ready well ahead of the September BAS deadline yes. for 2020 um, because eligibility for JobKeeper will need to be assessed uh, so that business owners have a chance to meet the wage condition for yep. eligible employees if they're, in, if they're employing, if they're deemed to employ. Um, exactly right. So, and the wage condition is still actually a feature of JobKeeper 2.0. So, did you want to run through, Corinne, what um, the wage condition entails? Yeah. So, to be eligible to receive JobKeeper payments, if you're an employer, you must meet a wage condition. That is, employers must have paid eligible employees at least the applicable JobKeeper payment for the relevant fortnight. So for those employing businesses out there who are now familiar with JobKeeper 1, you'll know that you had to go back and pay your employees the full amount of JobKeeper, which was a gross payment of 1500 a fortnight for the relevant JobKeeper fortnights. Now, some of your employees might have been earning more than that anyway, but for those who fell under that, you had to go back in and top them up. That's right. Uh, so for the new JobKeeper 2.0 fortnights, which start on the 28th of September 2020 and the 12th of October 2020, the ATO is allowing employers until 31st of October, so the end of October, to meet the wage condition for all employees included in the JobKeeper scheme, so JobKeeper 2.0. So if you've become eligible for JobKeeper 2.0 for the first time for the fortnight starting 28th of September 2020 and the 12th of October 2020, you'll need to ensure that you go back and top up any employees who have not received a gross pay equal to the new JobKeeper fortnightly payments. We'll talk about those in a minute. And you have, like I said, until the 31st of October to go and top up these payments. Mm -hmm. As with JobKeeper 1.0, the ATO will reimburse employers and businesses for the JobKeeper payment monthly in arrears. So nothing has changed there. Okay. And I guess if your business doesn't have a comparative 2019 quarter to compare your actual GST turnover with, there will be a number of alternative tests available. And we won't delve into these in this episode, but the details are in fact now available on the ATO website and you can consult with your advisor if you need assistance with those tests as well. Yeah, definitely. So now let's revisit the eligible employees. Yes. So we outlined what an eligible employee is in our JobKeeper episode on the 17th of April earlier this year. However, since then, there has been a key change to the initial criteria of what is an eligible employee. So from the 3rd of August 2020, the eligibility tests for employees were changed to enable a greater number of employees to actually access JobKeeper 2.0. So previously, an employee had to be employed by the relevant entity as at the 1st of March 2020 to be eligible for JobKeeper 1.0 payments. And if someone was employee, employed sorry, as a casual on that date, 
They must have also been employed on a regular and systematic basis for the 12-month period leading up to the 1st of March 2020. Now, Employees who were previously ineligible for JobKeeper 1.0 because they were not employed by that entity on the 1st of March 2020, they may now be eligible to receive JobKeeper payments if they were employed by the entity as at the 1st of July 2020 and can fulfil all of the other eligibility requirements. And this also means that casual employees who had not been employed by a relevant entity for 12 months as at the 1st of March 2020, they may also become uh, eligible for JobKeeper payments if they could satisfy the 12-month requirement as at the 1st of July 2020. And what's important to note is if an employee already passed all of the relevant conditions as at the 1st of March 2020, then they don't need to be retested using the 1st of July 2020 test date. But this 2020 1st of July 2020 test date simply uh, widens the scope to pull in additional employees. It does. And it also enabled um, those employees to access, I suppose, some of the last payments of the first JobKeeper. Correct. And then, of course, they will now continue on into the second JobKeeper. That's right. So let's talk about now what are the new JobKeeper payments in terms of the dollar value? Yeah. So let's outline um, what the JobKeeper payments are are going to reduce to over the next two phases of JobKeeper 2.0. So as we know, between 30th of March 2020 to the 27th of September 2020, the gross payment rate for JobKeeper was $1,500 per fortnight per employee. So from 28th of September 2020, the payment rate for JobKeeper will taper from that flat rate of $1,500 per fortnight and split into a higher and lower rate. So let's talk about how this is actually going to work. So from let's talk about from the 28th of September to the 3rd of January 2021 being the first phase of JobKeeper 2.0. So eligible employees or business participants will receive a gross payment of $1,200 per fortnight per employee or per business participant if they worked 80 hours or more in the reference period. And we can talk about the reference period in just a moment. But this payment of $1,200 per fortnight is the higher rate. However, if an employee worked less than 80 hours in that reference period, they'll receive a gross payment of $750 per fortnight per employee or business participant. And this payment of the $750 per fortnight is the lower rate. So you've got the $1,200 per fortnight being the higher rate or $750 per fortnight being the lower rate. Now, from the 4th of January 2021 to the 28th of March 2021, being the second phase of JobKeeper 2.0, eligible employees or business participants will receive a gross payment of just $1,000 per fortnight per employee or business participant if they worked 80 hours or more in that reference period. And the payment of $1,000 per fortnight is the higher rate for the second phase of JobKeeper 2.0. But if they worked less than 80 hours in the reference period, they'll receive gross payments of $650 per fortnight per employee or business participant. And this payment of $650 per fortnight is the lower rate. So for JobKeeper 2.0 phase 2, 
1000 per fortnight is the higher rate or 650 per fortnight is the lower rate. Okay, so listeners are probably wondering now, what is this reference period? So, Cheryl, can you explain that for us? Yes. So, if your business has eligible employees, the reference period will be the 28 days finishing on the last day of the last pay period that ended before either the 1st of March 2020 or the 1st of July 2020. Because remember, eligible employees that were employed with your business on 1 July are now eligible. So that's quite intense to um, process. Yeah, so let's um, give an example. So what they're saying is, or practically, if you're a business owner, you'll go back in your uh, accounting software or payroll software and you'll go back to the 1st of March 2020. Yes. And you will look to see what was the last pay period ending before the 1st of March. Now, it's pay period, not payment date. Yeah, it's not when you paid your employee. It's the pay period, the end date of that pay period. Whatever that date is, you will then go back 28 days. Yes. So, you'll run a report because presumably you're using software or you should be using software. Yep. You'll run a report for that employee and have a look to see how many hours did they do in that 28-day period. Is it 80 hours or more? If yes, that employee gets the higher rate. If it's less, they will get the lower rate. Right. Okay. So the actual hours worked by an employee does include any hours for which they received paid leave. So annual leave, long service leave, sick leave, carers and other forms of paid leave or paid absence for public holidays. Right. If those hours are 80 hours or more, then that employee receives a higher rate, like I said, and if they're less than 80 hours, then they'll receive the lower rate. So it does include paid leave. Really important to note that. Good. Okay. And another question is, can the employer choose which date to use? Can they pick between the 1st of March or the 1st of July? Yes, an employer can do that for their employees. So if an employee has been employed since the 1st of March, the employer needs to, or as at the 1st of March, the employer needs to choose the reference period that provides the best outcome for the employee. Yeah, right. So for many employers... This will be the pre-COVID period, so the 1st of March 2020 reference date. Right. Um, But you can look to the 1st of July and work it out from there. Perfect. So you do have an option. Yep. But it's important to note a few things here, and that is an employee's actual hours might be different to their contracted or ordinary hours or the hours they're paid for. And if the pay cycle is longer than 28 days, a pro rata calculation needs to be done to determine the average hours worked um, and on paid leave across an equivalent 28-day period. So, for example, if the relevant monthly pay cycle has 31 days in it, you'll need to take the total hours for the month and multiply this by 28 divided by 31. Right. And that will give you a pro rata figure. Yep. And in order for an employer to receive JobKeeper payments from the 28th of September 2020 onwards, they must notify the ATO of the payment rates for all of their eligible employees. Okay. And And then they have to notify their employee within seven days of advising the ATO of the payment rate. So the ATO knows what to expect and the employee knows what to expect. And when we refer to payment rate, we're talking whether it's the higher rate or the lower rate. That's correct. For the period. Based on your findings of that 28-day period. Right. Okay. Now, it may be the case that the reference period doesn't represent the employee's typical working arrangements and there will be or there are alternative tests 
available where their reference period is not typical of their hours. So perhaps you use a rostering system and there's no sort of typical pattern in a 28-day period mm-hmm. or the employee started work during the reference period. Okay. Now, if this situation arises uh, for you, we recommend that you seek some assistance from your accountant or bookkeeper. Absolutely. Yeah. And do the JobKeeper payment rates and the reference periods apply to business owners and sole traders who are going to receive JobKeeper as an eligible business participant? That's a great question, Cheryl. And the answer is yes, the payment rates apply, being the higher and lower rates. Right. But the reference period that we've just outlined here applies only to employees. Right, okay. So for sole traders and business owners, they have a very rigid reference period, which is the month of February 2020. So the 29 days of Feb this year. Right. Okay. So to refresh your memory, a business participant is a sole trader or self-employed with an ABN, Mm -hmm. or it can be one partner in a partnership, an adult beneficiary of a trust, or a company director who works in the business. Okay. You must be actively working in the business. Mm -hmm. This means that only one person in a partnership or one beneficiary of a trust or one director can be eligible for JobKeeper payments. Okay. And this hasn't changed from JobKeeper 1.0. No, you couldn't have two directors. You could not have two partners or, you know, it had to be just the one. Yep. And the test to determine eligibility is based on the hours. This is for JobKeeper 2. The number of hours of active engagement in the business carried on by the entity. Right. So this requires an assessment of the hours that the business participant was actively operating the business or undertaking specific tasks in things like business development, planning, um, that kind of thing. And other than sole traders and self-employed, a business participant must provide a declaration to the business entity confirming their hours worked over the reference period. So obviously Mm. a sole trader or a self-employed can't inform themselves. No. But any other business participant must uh, make that declaration to the business entity to confirm their hours that they've worked because this could potentially be audited if the ATO chooses to do a review. Absolutely. and for JobKeeper payments from the 28th of September 2020, the business must notify the tax commissioner about whether the higher or lower rate will apply to the business participant and notify the participant within seven days of providing this notice to the commissioner. Right. So the ATO wants to know which rate you'll be yes. paying the uh, eligible business participants. Right. Okay. And if for a sole trader or self-employed or a business participant – If the month of February 2020 was not typical of the participants' hours, an alternative test can be used. Um, So if it's not typical, you will simply use the next 29-day period. Right. Um, And if you commenced work as an eligible business participant during February 2020, you'll use the month of March 2020. Right. Okay. Well, so that that sort of summarises everything you pretty much need to know for JobKeeper 2.0. And the details you need to be aware of, uh, whether you're a business who employs employees or you're a sole trader or a business owner who receives JobKeeper payment in the capacity of an eligible business participant. So uh, hopefully you got some value out of that. And thanks again for joining Corinne and I. And we hope you'll join us in the next episode of Small Business All Figured Out. 
And if you're interested in working with Platinum Accounting and Taxation, take a moment to visit our website at platinumaccounting.com.au where you can join our email list to get our best business and tax tips. No clutter, just the useful stuff. And again, if you like this episode and think someone else you know will get value out of it, please go ahead and share it. And remember to let them know that you can listen to Small Business All Figured Out and our Tax Bite episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening and bye for now.